Hello, and welcome back to season three of Bo My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he, him, and they, them. For those of you who are joining us for the first time today, Bo My God is a unique insight into queer culture, history, current events, and is centered around the perspective of non-binary trans men. Through the sharing of fact-based information and firsthand vulnerable lived experiences, BMG aims to build community, amplify the voices of others, and ultimately bridge the gap between the cisgender heterosexual and the LGBTQIA communities. Before we get down to it, I want to recap last episode for you. So last time we sat down with trans TikTok star and founder of Pride Cheerleading Association's affiliate team, Cheer Salt Lake, Belina Eckley. Val and I chatted about so much, unsurprisingly, in the last episode, including her impending vulvoplasty, what it's like to be asexual, and how her sexuality played a key role in the decision of that particular bottom surgery. We chatted about TikTok, about what it was like to grow up as a trans youth in rural Wyoming, and what it was like to go to college as the only openly transgender student during the same time a gay hate crime led to the death of a peer at the same university. And this is just the teaser. We chatted about so much more. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please check out that episode. Season three, episode six, Incompletely Complete with Valina Eckley. And if you want to hear her on her first episode of Oh My God, check out season two, episode 11. And that's Charitable Cheerleading with Pride Cheerleading Association. So let me take this moment to ask you to subscribe. Rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media at Bow My God Pod. On YouTube, this podcast is about education, community, and visibility. So we need your help to continue to share this platform with your friends, peers, family, allies, anyone who will listen. So that brings us to today's content. Today, excuse me, we are going to be starting with the queer alphabet, if you couldn't tell by the name of the episode. So moving into this segment, we're going to continue with our favorite acronym, LGBTQIA+. And for those who are unfamiliar, the Queer Alphabet is a spinoff of my social media campaign from 2020, where I aim to break down LGBTQIA plus terms and concepts in a way that all people can listen to and understand. And at this point, so far this season, we've talked about how L is for lesbian, G is for gay, B is for bisexual. And that means today we are talking about T is for transgender. You know, I've been waiting for this one. So To jump right into it, the word transgender serves as an umbrella term for persons whose gender does not equate to their sex assigned at birth. The opposite of transgender would then be cisgender. So someone who is cisgender is someone whose gender is the same as the sex they were assigned at birth. I see how that could be a little confusing without a little more of a breakdown. So if you would like more information on that particular part of this puzzle, uh, and gender and gender versus sex, please listen to Oh My God, season two, episode one, Are You Cisgender? And for today's purposes, I would like to point out the distinction between gender identity and gender expression. So the, these two components are really what makes up gender. And gender identity is your own internal picture of what your gender looks like and what that means to you. And this could range from feeling as if you are a man, a woman, neither, both, somewhere in the middle, however that feels to you internally, right? It's something that only you know about yourself. 
Conversely, then your gender expression is how you show your gender to the world. So this is in ways that could typically be interpreted as, let's see, terms that are familiar, masculine, feminine, androgynous, what have you. So things that make up your gender expression include your hairstyle, include the style of your clothing, your makeup choices, all kinds of different things. But both your gender identity and your gender expression can change day in and day out, right? Like theoretically, you could be wearing a dress right now. And later tonight, you are going to be wearing Doc Martens and cow- cowboy boots. You can't wear those at the same time. Wearing some sort of boots with cargo pants or something. I don't know. Just, you know, you can change your style. You can change the way that these concepts are portrayed internally or externally, depending on how you feel. They're not static. Meaning you can feel one way now and you can feel a different way later. So anyways, someone who is trans is someone whose gender identity and or gender expression are different than the sex they were assigned at birth based off of the doctor's interpretation of chromosomes and our genitalia primarily. That's how sex is assigned at birth. We also talked about that in season one. But so... The umbrella that is transgender then encompasses multiple identities, including trans, non-binary, gender fluid, gender queer, agender, gender non-conforming. There's more. And one thing to point out is that while someone may identify as one of those terms, that doesn't mean that they distinctively identify as transgender. Like we said a little earlier, it's an umbrella term. So it's a categorization that is being used to cover a wide range of things. And it's not just one specific thing. I think it's very important to note. So moving into some historical context, the first recorded existence of transness was between 5,000 and 3,000 BC. And this is in Sumer, which was an ancient civilization founded in the Mesopotamia region between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. This area is known collectively for their innovations in many modern feats, including language, governance, architecture. Sumerians are credited really with the creation of modern civilization, but the Sumerian goddess Inanna had multiple androgynous and or trans priests who spoke in their own dialect and embraced names that were considered to be feminine. Excuse me. But so we're talking 5,000 to 3,000 BC. This is just one example of one culture that has more than one binary system. So the next existence that's really well documented is between 300 and 200 BC in ancient Greece. And again, it is priests, these galley priests, which have been considered as really early transgender religious figures. These priests worship their gods dressed in feminine attire and identified as women. Very similar idea, different civilization. The oldest Western moving very forward into like modern Western civilization. The oldest Western Institute created to study LGBTQIA plus identities was the Institute for Sexual Wissenschaft, or the Institute for Sex Research, founded in 1919 in Germany as a privately owned research space for studies of human sexuality. The Institute was raided by Nazi demonstrators on May 6, 1933, in a show of force against Germany's queer community. The demonstrators destroyed the Institute and burned more than 20,000 books and papers taken from shelves inside. Within these books and papers were documents that included all of the medical records from this place. 
which detailed nuances of different surgical procedures and different complications and things to consider in gender reassignment surgeries and also volumes of untold experiences, notes, stories, and different studies on LGBTQIA plus people, some of the oldest existences of these. So terrible shame in our history and moment of wishing we had more than we do, but we have it documented that that was there. So there's 1919 that was created and 1933, it was destroyed. The first known official use of the term transgender in American history was in a medical text entitled Sexual Hygiene and Pathology, published in 1965, written by Dr. John F. Olivan. In this text, Olivan stated that the word transsexual is incorrect because there is no relation to sexuality in this concept. And in the 1970s, the term was popularized through the works of transgender trailblazer and activist Virginia Prince who started using the term transgenderal to differentiate herself from the term transsexual starting in 1969. So there is reference to literature from the world's first ever transvestite and transsexual conference, which was held in 1974 at the University of Leeds. And this information also further broke down the terms and the meaning behind the words transgender, transvestite, transsexual, and really started to shape what we know now as this identity. So a year later, the first ever civil rights law covering trans people was introduced in the U.S., and that was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it was an ordinance that banned discrimination against people for, and this is a quote, having or projecting a self-image not associated with one's biological maleness or one's biological femaleness. The term and similar ones such as gender transient and gender queer became more normalized to the 1980s, 1990s, and were solidified all the way almost 30 years later in 2019, when the term trans was officially included in the Oxford English Dictionary, literally a few years ago, folks. <laughs> we understand how this is by now, but it's still just kind of shocking when you learn about it. So... In the 1990s, indigenous communities across North America, known as the indigenous name of Turtle Island, established the term two-spirit as a modern collective term for their culture's historical gender identity that encompassed people who were not considered men nor women. The term two-spirit was coined by a group of two-spirit community members and leaders to reflect the complex indigenous understandings of gender roles, spirituality, and the long history of sexual and gender diversity in indigenous cultures. A lot of this history from this episode, I want to know, was put together by Angelica Ross for them. And Angelica Ross is a leader and actress. She played Candy on Pose is how you might recognize her name. And she also founded Trans Tech Social Enterprises, which is considered a community incubator for LGBTQIA plus talent with a focus on economically empowering the T and transgender people in our community. And so I just think it's really important to note that she is really the reason why we have a lot of this. And I, there's a lot of sources down at the bottom that I want y'all to check out. There's um, a few different things from UCLA Williams Institute, which has some statistics. There's a book called Transgender History in the United States from uh, UMass. And there's a couple different articles that are very interesting, but one thing that I really wanted to point out also was a book 
entitled Transgender History, The Roots of Today's Revolution by Susan Stryker. I linked that also in the sources below, partially because a lot of my general knowledge is pulled from that book. And also uh, because it's it's a great resource. And the link to that book there is through Estelita's Library, which is a local Seattle Black-owned bookstore that is really the only place I buy books anymore. It's got a social justice and civil rights kind of focus, and it's it's a great bookstore. So check it out. And with that, we're going to move into our statistics, and then we're going to move on to the next segment. So according to the UCLA Women's Institute School of Law, as of June 2022, so last month, 1.6 million people in the United States, ages 13 and up, identify as transgender. 1.3 million of those are adults, so 18 plus. And the remaining 300,000 being youth ages 13 to 17. And so in the state of Washington, that accounts for 33,300 adults identifying as transgender or 0.56% of the population. And then for youth, again, ages 13 to 17 in the state of Washington, that number is 5,000 or 1.9% of all Washington residents ages 13 to 17. Big numbers, kind of cool to learn. And I encourage you to go to that link and look up in your state or your area. And if you live outside of the US and you have numbers for this or a place to look it up, please do that and share because we'd like to know too. So yeah, cool stuff. T is for transgender. (laughs) Next, we're going to kind of move on. This one's going to be like a semi-segment. It's kind of partially bow brief, partially just kind of checking in. Um, so bow briefs are dedicated to updating listeners kind of on me and what's going on in my life, my transition and the podcast in general. And it's typically just me chatting at you by myself. Sometimes Rose will sit here. Sometimes someone else will ask me some questions, but there's a few things I wanted to do this episode. One being kind of a check-in, two being a little bit of a pride month recap recap. (laughs) And then the third is last episode, we talked to Valina about some um, misconceptions about the trans or the LGBTQIA plus community in general. And I thought it was really insightful and interesting. And I wanted to add some of my own. And so I kind of thought that that would be a cool way to wrap up this T is transgender episode and this um, solo episode I'm doing this week. So I guess the first thing to update you all on is that if you don't follow me on social media or aren't in my immediate circle of friends and family, you might not know that I have COVID (laughs) and I've had COVID for six, seven days now. So that's been challenging and exhausting. And thank you for your patience and understanding during this time. (laughs) Moving on. So Pride Month was really busy for us here at Bow My God, and there are a few things we did that I really wanted to point out. And the first is, over the past couple of months, we have started doing speaking engagements at uh, workplaces or uh, different events. And this past month alone, we spoke at Northwest Naturals in Bothell, Washington, and did kind of a training for employees there. And also, we did a training... I guess you could call it a training. We did a teeny tiny little refresher training before the Pride Parade in Seattle with a few different groups, um, which was really exciting. And 
also participated in the Seattle Pride Parade as a part of Cheer Seattle, which was really cool. That's the picture that was pulled for the part of the episode cover. And just it's it's really interesting to look back the first time we came here together we missed pride in 2018. So in 2019, Rose and I went to Seattle pride for the first time. And we went with some people we met through work. I met through work and it was fun and it was exciting. And we both cried. We both had like very identity confirming moments, I guess, throughout that was the first time we really on a mass scale had been around other queer people. And that was really cool. And so the fact that they haven't had an in-person parade because of COVID 2020 or 2021, it was really, really cool to be a part of that this year. And I think that the parade itself was exciting and a really great show of community and support. And yeah, it was just, it was, it felt good, even though that's probably where I got COVID, but um, anyways. And so there were, we also participated in varied various commitments with Cheer Seattle and we meeting me and it just, we had a lot of fun. It was good. We got to have our end of the year gala and a happy hour. And I am just so excited. And while we're talking about Cheer Seattle and the, and the gala, I want to mention two things. One of them is that I think it's really cool to see a group of chosen support or chosen family or, you know, teammates that aren't correlated through school or little league. So it, folks who have lives, jobs, children, families, responsibilities, pets, and they spend their time getting together to build community and to help other people and give back. And I just, it's so encouraging and it's really exciting. And um, I, in a not me fashion, I'm going to brag on myself for a minute because I got an award at this gala and that was the empowerment award. And that just, it really made me feel like maybe I'm doing something right here. So with that, I finally have a, uh, the updates on our Cheer Seattle fundraiser from the Oh My God Season 3 launch. So on March 30th, we had a Season 3 launch party here in Seattle at Rose Temple, where we raised money for, you guessed it, local nonprofit Cheer Seattle. And I've been teasing you with this total, and now we finally have completely encompassing all donations, even what rolled in a little bit afterwards uh, because of the event. So Thank you for your patience in this. And I'm going to give us a little drum roll. We raised $325 for Cheer Seattle, y'all. That is more than $100 an hour for the event. In our first ever in-person gathering, let alone event, let alone fundraiser. And what a great night. What a great gesture and show of community and Thank you again to all those involved and to learn more about Cheer Seattle or this season, their primary beneficiary, Utopia, please go to www.cheerseattle.org. So that moves us on to the trans misconceptions, the last part of this segment for today. And let's see, where do we want to start? I think the first really good thing to note is that when it comes to being trans, I think the first thing a lot of people have questions on or a lot of people bring up is transition, right? This idea of changing from one thing to another. And I, I think one thing that is really good to point out is that being trans, again, like we talked about earlier this episode, really comes down to feeling as if you 
your concept of your own gender is different than the sex you were assigned at birth. So just because this concept is conflicting, you can be trans. You don't have to want to change anything about yourself. You don't have to want to go have a surgery or start hormone therapy or any of these things. These are all just different ways that folks affirm their gender. And I think that comes down to kind of what is the transition, right? So a lot of people will say, like, have you started your transition or Oh, when will you finish your transition? And I just, I don't think that it is such a linear thing like that. And some trans or non-binary or other folks under this umbrella might disagree and think that for them and their circumstances, they had a start and an end point. But I do not think that that is the overall general case. And at least for myself, especially is not right. So I have no my personal picture of my own transition is kind of like I saw recently and I think it was on Instagram somewhere and I wish I remembered the source but um I saw recently that being trans isn't about the transition it's about or changing into something it's about becoming more yourself And I think that that is just like exactly what it is. I think any of these procedures or therapies or whether it be speech or hormone or occupational or whatever it may be, all of these things, what they are really doing is just affirming what you already know about yourself. And so I think that's a really important misconception to point out. I think also there's that line of trans enough. Like for myself, I still find myself feeling inadequate when I talk to other trans folks. I'm like, well, you know, like, am I trans enough? Do I like count in this context? And it's so silly that I doubt myself when I know that's not the way it is. And again, sorry if you don't follow me on social media, but you should. Here's your plug again. (laughs) Follow at Bo My God Pod or at Bo Brads, because if you do follow me there, you might have seen that. I had a follow-up appointment with my psychiatrist last week and I was talking to her and she told me how since December of 2020 in her notes, she's just noticed just like great improvement. And especially when it comes to like my social anxiety and my self-confidence and all of these things about how I put myself out into the world and December, 2020, December 17th, 2020 to be exact is when I started testosterone. So when I started to physically start seeing myself look and feel more like myself. And when that possibility became a fact. So I think there is a tangible example of cause and effect of affirming my gender and it being something that is, has a positive influence on my body and my mental health. And yeah, there, there's no such thing as trans enough. Anyway, I'm getting off tangent gatekeeping within the community, I think is just, there's, there's no excuse for it. But another thing, something I saw recently that I felt the need to point out, especially as the Roe v. Wade conversations continue, and that is about trans folks and periods. First of all, the one thing I keep seeing over and over again is people being afraid that trans women are going to go to the store and buy up tampons and pads and hoard them 
without menstruating and having a need for them. And while I think there are definitely some trans women that probably do buy pads and tampons for their own gender affirmation, curiosity, education, any reason, it's very interesting that that is where the public's understanding of menstruating trans folks is because the trans folks that are menstruating are people who were AFAB assigned female at birth or are folks that have a uterus and are, are people that are intersex or trans or non-binary or agender or all of these other labels that have this anatomy that menstruates and they're the folks who are being left out of these conversations and they're the folks who need reproductive care and need to have the specialists and the doctors and abortions and access to health care. And so I find it very interesting that there's misconceptions about who needs these things. And as someone who's on testosterone, I no longer menstruate. It's one of the changes that testosterone has done to my body. Again, that's a temporary change. So if for some reason tomorrow I stop taking it, it could always come back. But me, myself, as someone who considers, I don't consider myself to be a woman, right? So when I'm sitting trying to change a tampon and the rapper's like, girls rule, fight like a girl, do this. It's just like, yeah, no, no, thank you. So that's that's what we're talking about here. That's who's menstruating. That's who needs these products and that care. Moving on. The last tangent I'm going to run into for today is using X in verbiage. For example, trying to be more inclusive by swapping out an E or an A or what have you for an X. An example is putting an X in women instead of the E. So it would be W-O-M-X-N. Folks are doing this in a way of trying to be inclusive of all of these people who aren't cisgender women, but what you're doing is pointing out that these folks are not cisgender women by changing the definition. So, or the word or the lingo or what have you. So again, not every single trans non-binary, what have you person believes this, but there's general overall feeling that when you're doing this, it's actually less It's excluding instead of including. And so that's just kind of another misconception that I wanted to share. So like I told you earlier, I have COVID and I don't know how much more I can talk and edit out coughing. So let's move on to today's affirmation. As you know, we will be ending every show with an affirmation because we often as queer folks and humans in general do not give ourselves the chance to feel our full potential feel empowered, and feel like we are quite enough. Well, you are, and I'm here to remind you, and I'm going to remind you every episode. So today's BMG affirmation is one that I have needed over the past couple of weeks, and it's been helping me. So I hope it helps you too. And it goes, please repeat after me. What I'm feeling is temporary. I will get through this. It is already okay. All right. You know how we do. One more time. What I'm feeling is temporary. I will get through this. It is already okay. 
Well, y'all, that's it for today's episode of Oh My God. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for spending a tiny portion of your day learning about the LGBTQIA plus community, especially in this time and place in history, and especially centering the trans community. Before I let you go, I feel I need to at least mention one more time that where we are in trans rights and queer history in general is thanks to the blood, sweat, arrests, tears, even deaths and massive abuse of black and brown and indigenous trans folks, mostly women and non-binary folks that came before us. And that work is not done. So please check out the resources in this episode. Check out other episodes that you haven't tuned into. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. And most importantly, give us your feedback. Comment on social media. Follow us on social media. Comment like things, add your two cents. We want to hear it. Tell us what you want to hear, what you want to know. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow along for more of your favorite queer and trans content. We're on both social media platforms at Oh My God Pod. Check us out at www.bowmygod.com where you can find out more information, listen to every episode, and purchase some BMG merch like stickers, hats, and shirts. So thank you all. Love you all. Catch you next time. And again, enjoy my favorite clip from Spencer. Oh.